Hey Saskia, welcome to the podcast. Hello Maddie, welcome to the podcast. How did you, how did your day go today? <laughs> it was fine, I was with you for most of it. What did you have for lunch? I had a falafel wrap with hummus, a lot of Tabasco, it was really yummy. What did you have? I had porridge, I was a lazy gal. <laughs> I had breakfast for lunch. Breakfast and lunch. Yeah. Um, welcome to the first episode, the pilot of our podcast around the world in YouTube cinema. We're going to be in a different country every two weeks. Not yeah. literally, unfortunately. <laughs> we um, looking at a different film. Sometimes two. Yeah, like this week. Days, when you're feeling very lucky. When we get bored of the first one. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. Mm. Um, and yeah, and we want to use this idea of YouTube cinema as like a lens that means that we find like... Not only are these like less popular, less conventional films, but they ain't on Netflix. Exactly, or They're Amazon. Being shoved down your gullet by, <laughs> by the big evil man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, They're free and often quite wacky. Exactly. So let's take it away. So the Czechoslovak New Wave is the film movement that both of our films come from this week. That is Loves and Blonde and Daisies. Um, it was a film movement in what was Czechoslovakia, which was under like communist rule, part of the Eastern Bloc um, during the Cold War. And We um, know a lot about it. But we're not going to tell you all that we learned because it's, it would take up a lot of time. Exactly, it would take us at least three days. But if days. you want to know anything, you should call us up because we'll have some information. We will send you a wee reading list. Um, so some of the typical traits of this movement, can you tell me some of those? So a lot of the members of this movement went to the same film school, FAMU. FAMU, yeah. And In collaborated on a, lo- a number of the same projects together. Um, and they were fully funded by the state, right? Well, it was it was it was a communist regime. Yeah, yeah. but they were also rebelling against the state in lots of their films, mm-hmm. which is why it's quite a weird tension. It was it was during this period where um, it was kind becoming much easier to criticize the government yeah. for a number of reasons. Yeah, it's like a pop- desalinization. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of giving socialism a friendlier face in the run-up to, like, the Prague Spring. And because of this movement as well, which was, like, reinvigorating cinema, their films were becoming popular abroad, which, obviously, mm. the government enjoyed. And so it was quite Turned frequently... Turned well, both of these films, I yeah. believe, they were banned initially and then became successful. And then their... their being forbidden was no more because the actually like, yeah daisies was the daisies. other way around but yeah. with daisies it was like this is too much <laughs> i think it's crazy i think daisies where daisies is where we should start yeah sure 
Yeah, so a few of the common traits of the films in this movement were they used a lot of non-professional actors and lots Mm. of them followed very personal and kind of realistic stories. While on the other side, there was kind of embracing, yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. kind of embracing of like very surreal or like dreamlike. I think it's more that like bringing that together, they can both be said to just not be like sensationalizing yeah much. definitely which so was different story, which was different to the films that were at play before mm-hmm. yeah for sure which were very much like glorified socialism social realism like, mm. yeah yeah and they were all kind of defined by this bawdy check sense of humor even when dealing with difficult topics which i think we definitely see mm. come up in both of 100%. these as well i think yeah definitely so let's talk about vera chitalovas chitalovas yeah daisies can you can you take the summary away? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, if you can't tell already, Madeline was not the hugest fan of this film. Mm. I liked it quite a lot. So, um, Daisies was um, uh, Vera Chitilova's fourth film, I think, in 1966. And it's basically the story of these two girls, Marie and Marie, who kind of go on this very surreal and quite existential journey um, where they, they basically don't go anywhere, they don't really go they anywhere to their room. exactly where they basically decide that the world is bad and therefore they're going to become bad and so they just pull pranks on loads of slimy old geezers and yeah the scenes only occur within their bedroom in which they are like frequently cutting things up and making mm. the, there was one description of the film as Marie one and two making a collage out of life. Yeah, in every definitely. Form they can. Like they physically make the film into a collage. 100%. They make one another into a collage, and they are just collaging the shit out of reality. Yeah, for um, sure. In their room, there they is a also bathroom. Go to the bar and there's the a bathroom. Before oh, yeah. they go out, they mm-hmm. always go to this strange bathroom that looks like a club bathroom, and there's a woman mm, in it. Yeah. And they're, like, getting dressed in there. And then there's, like, on the street moments. Oh, there's the apple field. Yeah. So that's, like, the first kind of, like, transition moment. And the train moment. station. Yeah. Where they, they, where they send, send off their the sugar daddies on their, <laughs> on their merry way. On their way. But, yeah, so, so if we can talk about just, like, that field moment. Because that's the first bit where they, like, kind of transfer from being in this, like... They're in this kind of like robotic doll, like all their mm. bones are creaking whenever they move, and mm-hmm. um, they kind of transition into deciding to be bad and subversive. And like, there's this moment where they're in with all the fields, um, with all this apple tree, and they decide to kind of bite it. And it seems kind of like slightly symbolic of s- sort of female temptation and stuff. But we'll talk more about that because mm-hmm. the way that we're interpreting 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 <laughs> the symbols of the film might not actually be how they're supposed to be interpreted well we we kind of disagree on them yeah <clears throat> i wanted to ask you just i mean i feel like we've we've, we've suggested it mm-hmm. i didn't enjoy it and you did but like your viewing experience yeah so i enjoyed this viewing experience a, a lot fun viewing experience. it was really fun we were drinking some red wine we were having a good time but we weren't watching it in necessarily that engaged of a way the first time we viewed it and I actually enjoyed it, enjoyed it, I can't speak today. I enjoyed it more from watching it on a second viewing because I like had read some context about it and I noticed things that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah. Um, and it was, I think it, it like if helped to watch blind, it. If you go in blind, it can engaged. feel, because I think it's central vibe is quite yeah. a nihilistic one yeah yeah oddly enough because like it's aesthetically pleasing yet yeah. like at heart nihilistic yeah it can sure. be quite like 
boring almost I think is what I found I think because it is so visual as well you can kind of tune out and just like absorb these like really pretty like rookie-esque kind of like mm. tumblr t- circa yeah. 2014 vibes but it, it it didn't feel like I was seeing anything new for that reason yeah. as well because I was it was like, so recognizable I posted this on my literally tumblr. I'm sure I'm sure we will have like, reposted these a, things without yeah. realizing when we were younger um there but were was, obviously positive elements mm. to it in my view like you pointed out that their friendship is something which isn't isn't problematized in the film they have a strong yeah bond. Exactly. i just watched book smart last night and <laughs> that 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 unbreakable female bond like they don't there is there is no um climactic argument between the characters mm-hmm. they are there for each other they exactly. are sisters they are playing the rest of the world but not one another yeah that is on the same team a positive note <clears throat> and um We'd kind of spoken about this before because one of the like funny commonalities between our two films that we didn't expect was this kind of focus on like this like story of like girls mm-hmm. and like girls being girls and what's the girl experience like in this climate. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't expect that to be the content of these films at all. Mm. Um, Probably because if they're trying to rage as a as a film movement, the Czechs mm. were like new wave movement is attempting to rage against what was there before Mm. probably because that was the subject that was the voice that was least heard exactly previously and like 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 we said before they didn't want to be like the movements that had like preceded them like these idealized socialist youth they wanted to see themselves on the screen even if that meant like lots lots of daisies is just the girls sitting around and basically waffling away Mm -hmm. and doing dumb stuff yeah and so, that is what teenagers do. That is what young people do. We've got a female filmmaker and we've yeah. got the subject of girlhood. Mm-hmm. How feminist is our film? Well, let me tell you that this question actually really threw me off when I first started thinking about it. Um, but I've like decided to narrow it down to some pointers into like some pros and cons of it being, can it be considered a feminist film? So on the pros... Okay, it 100 million billion percent passes the Bechdel test. So in case you don't know what that is, it's uh, the queer cartoonist Alison Bechdel made up this test, which is basically a very base level test to see whether you can consider a film feminist or not. It's like, are there two um, female figures in the film who share two or more lines of dialogue not about a man? So it's quite a low standard, but I mean, this film completely blows it away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Out of the park, mate. And yeah, it is focused on this kind of story of female figures and like girlhood, strong female friendship and like issues of being a woman under this regime and like female Contextually, roles. Contextually. Contextually, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what you she think. She was but... the only woman of the movement and she was like advancing her form. Yeah, and she much was more experimental than lots subjects. of her like male cohort. Yeah, mm-hmm. extremely so. And... It feels like her project, her voice comes through strong. 100%. Especially when you look at her other films, which are all also, on the whole, focused on female voices and the female experience in Czechoslovakia. Yeah, and she was she was persecuted yeah. for, her, for her being that liberated. She afterwards could not find... She was never, ever funded again. No. She never found fun again. She had to work under her husband's name. And to make... make adverts, yeah, instead of making full-length films. So da- this was because of the film Daisies that we're talking about, because it was so controversial mm-hmm. um, that it was banned the year after. And, yeah, pretty much she made, I think, one film out openly in the ch- in yeah. Czechoslovakia after that, and that was all. 
so I also said at one point that it lacks in classic symbols mm. um, and images which are ever present in certain like pieces of feminist cin- cinema. Yeah. But I actually take that back because the cutting of <laughs> the continuous cutting of like various phallic objects yeah. is definitely 100%. it's almost so obvious that it seems like maybe you're There's interpreting this one it wrong. Scene where the girls lie in bed and cut eggs, sausages, cucumber wait is there a cucumber pickles? i just made that up it's pickles pickle and bananas jar. but the egg was the one that threw us off because we were like oh well, hang on yeah <laughs> that's but, a female but now symbol i'm like it completely makes sense okay also just we must mention that mm. vera chitalova completely refuted yeah. the feminist label yeah she's staunchly denied being a feminist in any way and mm-hmm. said that it was an individualist film or was it that she was an individualist she's an individualist and yeah and, and this is anti-authority yeah anti-authority rather than anti-patriarchy but it's funny because like so many critics like seem to still argue that she's like this huge militant feminist in all of her filmmaking so but i can see how there are elements to it that are anti-feminist because mm. They are villainized, our, our protagonists. Yeah, they are. They are the equivalent of the villain in it. You're mm-hmm. meant to roll your eyes at them, think their laissez-faire existence is, like, detestable, yeah. and think they're silly and... Yeah, because their whole thing such. is... They're not, they're not like, subverting stereotypical or conventional expectations of girls. They're, they're exacerbating not, they're, Exactly. They're, like, exaggerating sure. it. They're, they're living it. But they're normatively attractive. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're using their sex to get foods. Which is fair enough. I mean, go for but it. But have no sexual drive themselves. They're not empowered in that way. There, there doesn't seem to be much, like, autonomy. They're kind of, like, stuck in this well, Yeah, and I think that's... Cycle. I think that's like particularly clear when they when they get really worried when no one knows they don't get any male attention when when they stop being able to get yeah men's attention they're literally freaking out they're like do i exist Mm. so i feel like that as a there's there's that one line that they say to each other throughout the whole film which i it's like vadi nevadi yeah and it basically means does it matter no it doesn't matter or do do you mind no i don't mind and so i found this great quote which is like the girls refuse to attribute significance to their acts of consumption. Mm. Um, so they just kind of like constantly reassuring each other that it doesn't matter, but it the film seems to be a bit on the contrary to that if they're like losing all sense of self mm. after they stop being recognised by men. I feel like what's more as well is the film ends after a um, scene of a banquet, which they mm. enjoyed solely to themselves and trample which, on and destroy and have a food fight mm-hmm. and which is the reason that the film was banned because at the time there were massive food shortages yeah and there was like very starch 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 <laughs> very starchy. starchy rationing yeah um and so this was seen as like enormously offensive which is so funny because then, it seems like it's so obviously making the point about that and criticising I mean, like, exactly. the government's turn um, a blind eye. And then after they completely destroy this banquet, not only by eating it, but by mashing it pieces, <laughs> Throwing they at each try other. and put everything back together. Yeah. And I feel like at the end you're left with this sense of like the kind of futility of feminine rebellion. Yeah. Female rebellion. Because yeah. in the end they just end up tidying and trying to fix everything and to th- by that point they're already like not impure but do you know what i mean they've already tainted themselves by rebelling 
mm-hmm. if you if you that yeah yeah i think there's certain scenes which are very art school energy we thought when we were watching it like um the i in particular the one where they're making just before they chop up all the sausages and phallic objects when they're like burning the sausages and they're burning all this paper on the ceiling and all this crazy Mm -hmm. shit is going on um that just yeah it screams art school energy because Mm -hmm. they're just like they are making art but at the same time they're just getting absolutely beveruned and they're being like very melodramatic there is a suicide attempt scene yeah which we totally which missed we the missed, first time around but now it... i'm like that's probably because they were just being fucking stupid <laughs> about it there's nothing real in it but just as a little note if you if you missed that it's um it's when marie is that brown haired one marie one marie one One comes in and marie two is lying down on the astroturf on the bed and has basically tried to like gas herself which is like i just did not clock Mm. but has left the window open by mistake so nothing works and then they quickly move on to something else Mm -hmm. and just get on with their chopping up and stuff this should be where we question the the wawa level oh so true so just introduce the wawa scale we'd like to rank all of our films on the filmy filmy wawa scale and can you just explain mads what the different levels of wah are so we've got Phil, uh, we've got wah, then we've got wah wah. Yeah. Then we've got wah wah wah. Yeah. Then we've got wah. And so the first one is like you know you didn't it, you were smiling the whole time, you were not shedding a tear anywhere. Wah. It's you were like, bawling. That was fucking, most that emotional grueling. Yeah. The yeah. impossible. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You will never recover. It was so not sad. Okay. Okay. I'd give this a solid wah, wah, wah. That's 2.5 on okay. the wah, Well, initially... Maybe three. It was fucking depressing. Yeah, but okay, my initial interpretation was just wah, and now I'm leaning towards mm. a wah, wah. Because it starts It's, it's a fun, with, feel-good watch when you don't read into the nihilistic tendencies. It's between some of the most, like, disturbing imagery of... Bombs being dropped, mines going off. Yeah, so the, yeah, those bookends of film scenes of destruction. The final scene of them like in black and white in these in these <laughs> weird creepy newspaper gowns speaking in tongues. Being like <laughs> And then one of them's like to the other, Are you happy? I'm happy, I'm so happy, I'm so happy. Yeah, like and the other happiness. can't even say it and then yeah. suddenly turns around freakishly like, Yes, I am happy. And then you get the kind of freaky last line which we've spoken about a lot um which is basically can you remember it i feel like we've read it so much now i can't even remember this it. film is dedicated to all those individuals for whom their sole form of indignation, indignation is, is a, a trampled, trampled on trifle slash salad <laughs> so that's a bit of a translation question some people think it says salad but we're going with trifle because it just makes more sense and it's better it's more frequently also there. Yeah. And so they're basically the last moment of the film is like a direct ad- address to the regime being like, if you're willing to turn a blind eye to all these horrors um, that are going on, but you are angry at this film, then you're huge hypocrites. Which and is then exactly how they it. respond. She got done banned. Yeah. So 
Um, we've already covered this quite a lot, but the film is just quite obsessed with this theme of like consumption in different mm. ways, um, which I guess, again, just relates to that context. And I guess just the hypocrisy of the regime in general, because you associate ca- like consumption totally with like capitalism. Mm. But th- yeah, it's such a focus of this film. Oh, yeah, this is where I wanted to bring in. So we've been trying to... Trying. This is the first episode. <laughs> we we amongst ourselves. That um, each each episode will find the most bullshit critical piece of critical analysis. They just like uh, p- like saturate the film studies mm. universe. And yeah, trust like, us, the there's most a lot ridiculous ideas about yeah. certain moments in cinema. Um, which I couldn't be bothered to find for this one. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to do any heavy reading. It's reading week. I wanted to chill. But I did find an article that said that the film reminded them of Jersey Shore. <laughs> which I think is jokes. That also makes me like the film even more. I'm like, I'm so But they were coming it. at it from like, it, in disdain at the apathy of the yeah. characters. And like, the, the, the way that also in watching it, it in its... It, it aims to, like, don't worry about the political concerns and watch these two women just be crazy for a bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think... I agree. But it's I th- anti-socially realist in a, in the same way that Jersey Shore is. You know? It's trying to be like, this is not social realism. Yeah. But it, it also is in the same way that Jersey Shore is realism. Yeah. But it's it's not. And it's just comfort watching. <laughs> It's like yeah. the Mackies of viewing experience. Very yeah, the the laissez faire life and the the laissez faire <laughs> watchership. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought that that brought up like I like this idea of what can it be compared to mm. in contemporary representations of like a similar idea, and I came up with Gossip Girl. Yeah, I think that's that can be quite bang on. They're Blair and, and Serena. Serena. Yeah. Tropes and around. Except brunch. these guys are much better friends than Blair and Serena. They don't complicate their friendship. But I've got a I, few I feel moments like of like jealousy. The... Yeah, true. Marie too, when she's at the station, Marie once fucked off with this guy. She doesn't look very happy about it. True. But then and it like turns maybe out it was Marie too would have been better off if she had gotten away with that old. <laughs> but she returns for Marie too, you know. Did I yeah. say Marie too for Marie one? Essentially, both Who Marie's. Knows? They're interchangeable. Yeah, but it's that same kind of excess obsession with excess, and they're always going on about how they just want love food and they love wine and mm. they love doing this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And then it goes without saying that, like, aesthetically and mm. behaviorally, it's. Virgin suicides all yeah. over, all over the shop. Hundred percent, and it, it's also around. just like inspired so many of that kind of like. It's not even literary, but it's just yeah, the, it is literary. It it's like it's dark, but she's wearing a flower crown. Yeah, exactly. Which like is that yeah that weird little juxtaposition, mm-hmm. which I feel like brings us on very well to the protagonist of Loves of a Blonde, who is yeah. also innocent, yet very dark, but. But just before, let's just go back to Vera herself. An interesting an interesting character. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, we picked up on quite a lot of context about her life that seems to feed into the way that she makes her films. 
Um, so yeah, we already said she was the only female director working in the Czechoslovak New Wave. Which we we kind of like imagined this tale of her refusing to be a feminist because she was like she didn't want to be the one female exactly. and the feminist and she wanted to fit in with exactly. all her male collaborators and be like, I'm not <laughs> And she's so experimental in all these other ways, like all her editing and everything, but then But didn't she have a strict Catholic upbringing? Yeah, she did. And like I think you can see loads of those symbols in the stuff even that we've looked at. So this like recurring symbol of like apples and like being something bad and like kind of associated with girlhood, like in the Garden of Eden, um, which is reflected by another one of her films, uh, Fruits of Paradise, which is her last film um, before the Soviet invasion, mm. which is basically like a retelling of Adam and Eve in a really surreal way. Um, she also had loads of interesting jobs before oh, yeah. um, she went into filmmaking. So, oh yeah, so pre-film school, yeah. she studied philosophy and, and architecture, yeah. which is which a funky I think mix. Is, like really like makes a lot of sense when you mm-hmm. watch daisies like, yeah it's very like the sense of design physical like yeah. stuff's put together and the locations are key in it yeah um and the like philosophical questions that are at play like i think she called daisies a what did she call it she called it like a philosophical document or something um so i think those questions are always at play and then she, like, worked as a draftman, a fashion model. Oh, yeah, she was like, I don't want to do philosophy and architecture. It's boring. <laughs> she became a fucking clapper girl. Yeah, a it. clapper girl. And at first we were like, what is a clapper girl? It just sounds strange. Visual image. Let me try and imagine girl with black thing going click, click on the film set. On the set, set like, you know? but it's a sexy lady doing it. Like, it's a boxing match, like a ring girl yeah, for, yeah. for a film. Um, and yeah, and that was all before she got accepted to FAMU. And that wasn't even at the FAMU industry mm. she was doing that. It was at a different film studio which refused to accept her. Mm. But, yeah. but FAMU was also where our second director went. Milos Forman. Milos Forman. So, Loves of a Blonde. I loved Loves of a Blonde. So did I. Great. It was so good. I thought it was a good time. It was also a good time to have more of a narrative oh, to follow. The, <laughs> the beginning. The beginning. Let's give you a taste of it. So good. It starts with that. It's Absolute a, banger. So good. Just this girl this, with a punky kind of hairdo in front of some like cute little wallpaper with her guitar singing about some guy that turns her into a yeah again. teenage like, sexuality all right so <laughs> in this what later turns out to be room full of women dorm yeah. full of women they all live there they work together in a factory mm-hmm. and the film is framed by this Guy who I'm guessing is like the mayor, perhaps. Yeah, but I think he has a kind of military role. Mm. But yeah, like whatever. Unexpectedly wholesome character. Oh, so, a sweet guy. He's concerned about the sexual well-being about of his female inhabitants because they're. I think it was like to every. Oh, was it to every like nine women? There's one man in this town. Yeah, maybe even yeah, worse. which is like a small town, like vaguely outside Prague, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so he wants to bring in the mandem so they can it, it, <laughs> the to repopulate. Quote, it was so that they can 
after their day at the factory be taken out. It wasn't, he didn't actually mention sex. He, like, he just wants them to be taken out and like yeah. fancied, basically. Yeah. Have a good time. Yeah, and it, it seems like genuine concern. This guy gives off no creepy energy. No, he doesn't, which is really surprising yeah. all the whole way throughout the film. But then... We're a fan of this man. So what happens instead is then they get all these soldiers to come, mm. but instead of being the hot, sprightly young things... They are married, they're ugly. They're their army reserve. The lame army reserve. <laughs> and it starts out, the meeting begins at this ball, and the central character and her two friends are at a table and these sad men are trying to <laughs> but they're not even just sad they are slimy them. they're gross they're really like, gross uncomfortable you want to pity them and you can't because they're slimy bastards yeah you want to pity them and you want to laugh at them but you can't you yeah. can't even laugh so yeah. there's this like fucking hilarious scene where <laughs> one of the men take like he takes his wedding ring off yeah and he drops it on the floor and it it rolls oh, in this very Bustikington fashion. Yeah. Like really he's slapstick. following his ring. And it goes under the table of the girls who are next to the the girls of focus. Mm. And so these girls have already had the piss taken out of them. For being they, ugly when they're not, they're just totally normal looking. They're just brunettes. They're brunettes. That's the only difference, Poor basically. Brunettes. Poor brunettes. R.I.P. Um, the, ta- the ring rolls under their table. So the man follows it underneath. Which, like, it's funny. And then he puts his head between this poor woman that he's already humiliated between her legs. Yeah. And at that point, all of the, like, slapstick jokes and stuff, it goes out the window because you're just like, this is grim. enjoying this attention still. So you're just... Which is tragic. Me and Sass had the cringe face. And we still do right now. Yeah. It was a cringy moment. So, so should we just recap? What's what's our uh, protagonist called? Our lady protag? Fuck. She's Andula. called Andula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep getting that mixed up. Very young. Well, it's the factory, as we said. She's the blonde who's Very having all innocent. the loves in the she film. The so it's about all of her loves. Mm-hmm. Um, of which there aren't any successful ones, unfortunately. No, because all of the men means, in it are trash. Yeah, the, 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 um, the like story arc is her meeting this gorgeous young pianist mm, who's like the most suitable match for her but sucks he also sucks yes he's he's like come up to my room come up to my room come up to my room and she's like trying to talk about her sad life Tra- like traumatic experiences of life and uh-huh. he's just like come why don't you tell me about it upstairs and she does go upstairs unfortunately has some emotional sex with him and becomes obsessed and follows him back to prague without any yeah, surprise visit only to meet him not there Probably out with some galley. And is stuck with his parents, who are not very nice. Just argue about her presence. Tell her she can sleep over. But yeah, like, they're, they're actively like, rude to her in the process. Girl. Yeah, They're like, you stupid girl. Why would yeah. you ever listen to a young boy and do this? Throughout which she's silent. She actually falls asleep at the dinner table while being ranted at by his mum. Ratings. <laughs> Eventually, the pianist returns... Incredibly drunk. Incredibly drunk, finds her there, denies knowing who she is until she wakes up, having heard that, but still accepts him once he's then like, oh, hey, baby. And then the mum enters and is like, you're not fucking sleeping with her, mate. Come in with us. <laughs> and so and he gets three in the bed. <laughs> such a good final scene of him in between both his parents being scolded... And just trying to sleep off his his hangover. 
while she cries and Eula cries in the next room, realising that young love is not fun. No, nothing good is no. happening for Andula. Nothing at all. Except this film is, is, is brilliant. So where does Loves of a Blonde fit within, like, the different sides of um, Czechoslovak New Wave, like the tropes that we've spoken about? Can I instead fit it into Miles, My Lost Foreman's repertoire? Yeah, go for this it. Is, this is much more interesting. This is the juice. <laughs> <laughs> so Foreman's greatest hit, Mm-hmm. You'll all know. I'm and this sure, was a big old shock to us. I'm sure you'll be familiar with um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, the one you're thinking of the with Jack Nicholson. Of yeah. What a shock that it's Milos Foreman. That's, he directed that. And but So between Loves of a Blonde, let's say Loves of a Blonde is one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is five, mm-hmm. we've got these... Three hilarious, like, nonsensical... Oh, no, wait, let's start with Fireman's Ball. So Fireman's Ball precedes Love of, Loves of a Blonde, which is just another sort of taking the piss out of Soviet Czechoslovakia, and it's just this, like, awful mess of a ball in a similar mm. small town, organised by firemen, where they attempt to do a raffle, everyone steals the shit from a raffle... They want to do a pageant, all the girls run away. <laughs> Basically everything that goes wrong. They're, they're go trying wrong, to give wrong. an award to their, like, boss, but he's too senile to understand what's going on. <laughs> then finally there's an actual fire, and they cock that up as well, and their truck gets stuck, and they, like, have to throw snow on this building, and it's just a big joke. Which was actually banned because the firemen of Czechoslovakia was so pissed off. They were like, <laughs> you've made us look like fools. Do not show this movie. Um, and when it was banned, it was bought by Godard, who mm-hmm. is the face of the French New Wave. Yeah. Big, big old cinematic figure. Um, and Foreman followed his film yeah. and went and left Czechoslovakia. So you kind of adopted him. Yeah. Um, soon he lands in good old Hollywood, makes this crazy film which is really similar i think in narrative to loves of a blonde about Mm. a girl who runs away but it's following her parents so it's kind of like the roles are reversed yeah from loves um her parents trying to find her as she's escaped their sort of like conservative new yorkian home Mm. to try and find her like hippie dream (laughs) um when did that one come out I think, seventy early seventies. Okay. Maybe like end of the six. No, early seventies, um, and there's a really interesting moment which I think links it to the use of non-professional actors mm. in new wave cinema. Um, a quite like controversial moment in cinema actually in this film. This film's called Taking Off, by the way, um, where she goes and auditions. And Foreman made the decision to film the audition as if it was a real audition. So everyone in the scene believes that they are auditioning for something. Yeah. Um, And the final moment of that is kind of similarly comic to the final moment of Loves of a Blonde. Um, The girl finally returns home. She's brought back her hippie boyfriend. (laughs) And her parents are like accepting of him to a certain extent. Mm. They have dinner with him. And her dad sings an operatic tune with her mum at the piano and 
the kids are just like watching confused it's this, like horribly <laughs> awkward moment just like complete inability to communicate yeah like intergenerationally yeah. and i think it's really mirror mirrors the like foreman's vision with loves of blonde but like in this hollywood context where yeah. it has no like depth yeah. really no i so agree which is i think really interesting thinking of hair the yeah. next film his absolute masterpiece not ironically <laughs> um <clears throat> which is an adaptation of a musical yeah a very very silly film i mean i don't want to if anyone's don't a fan of hair out there please talk to me because i want to know i want to know about it even if you don't, don't watch think it i could sit through it go watch the amazing scene about aquarius where is it called <laughs> It's called Aquarius. It's just called Aquarius. It's a great song. I have 10 out of 10 recommend. The horses dance and sing with the hippies. The hippies dance and the horses copy them. And the police are baffled. It's Which is just so far removed from Loves of a Blonde. But is it, I guess? Like, it's funny. It's an adaptation. It's just lost the kind of, like... So it's experimental. I guess yeah. you could say it's experimental because it's an yeah. adapting musical. And it's anti-authority because it's focused on a load of hippies yeah i guess it's just got that kind of like hollywood sh- sheen like you mm. know the smoothness that makes it like it's not rough Smooth. around the edges the smoothness. the smoothness loves of a blonde and all of these czechoslovak films they're slightly yeah. rough around the edges they're oh, edgy yeah. nothing is less edgy than hair mm-hmm. that's my sweeping statement there's, of the yeah, day because there's no soviet context exactly um and also, like the I like the complete opposite of non-professional actors. These people are like yeah. musical. They rolled people. out of the womb like, being a musical ah, theatre person. Know, yeah, <laughs> they're the kind of person to try and make you go, "Man, he stole the cookie from the cookie jar." Mm-hmm. Um, then he went on to do Amadeus, which is a yeah, it's silly just... biopic about Beethoven. <laughs> Mozart. Apparently, Andula is in. She makes a reappearance. Andula, by the way was his um, wife's younger sister, and she was 17 in the making of the film. Yeah, questionable. Questionable. Questionable, considering how sexualised she is in the film. And especially as direct quote from Formany. Oh, yeah. He was like, one of the main reasons I wanted to get involved with filmmaking is because I wanted to marry all the women in in the the films I watched. It's just like, what? (laughs) I mean, at least he was honest. Wait, one more film by Formany I wanted to mention. Man on the Moon. I don't know if anyone's seen... Well, you might have seen that, but if you've seen Jim and Jim Andy, and Andy yeah. it's the film that that is about, where um, Jim Carrey... Method acts. Yeah, method acts. Andy, Andy Kaufman. Kaufman. Kaufman? So this is the biopic of Kaufman. Interesting that he's done two biopics. Uh, so that's also taking it very back to the slapstick element we yeah. were talking about. So there's yeah. like a heavy presence of slapstick comedy. And just like dark comedy being present in all of them. Yeah. new wave it's really cinema. Bawdy, really bawdy humour. Yeah, and I think the re- like reverting back to the slapstick after the period of um, heavily socially realist mm. films yeah. is like really flipping it. Definitely, and like actually being able to like take the piss out of yourselves as like a like a nation or as like a yeah mm. as a people. Um, yeah, so it's it's shaped like a comedy. Yeah. this film. But it's really quite sad. Yeah. Like, there are themes of suicide. She's yeah. left sobbing. It's quite an empty existence she seems to lead. Definitely. And, like, al- although it's exploring this kind of, like, 
common theme of like youth in the like sexual revolution of the 60s like they're both quite dark they're both quite dark and like this is not trying to glorify the sexual revolution and make it seem like it's something super mm. free and easy which is like an image you often see it's he's showing it's it as like difficult that's all, yeah. yeah it's awkward it's awkward, awkward it's frustrating yeah. it's like fumbling like they don't quite no know how to navigate really, it none of them are really enjoying their girl exactly they're not enjoying it they're just trudging along being like is this what girls are supposed to do mm. Should we, because um, we talked about whether Daisy's was a feminist film, mm. let's talk about whether. Sure. Do you want to start? Um, well, I found it more feminist than Tita Lovers, I think, because mm-hmm. I think that the it's more sympathetic to yeah. Mandula as yeah. a character. Also, she's not just a cardboard cutout, she's her, a real person. Yeah, we're yeah. following her on her journey. We get a sense of how she is emotionally doing and we aren't told to hate her for her yeah, decisions true, really true or even which is funny because she's kind of like you know playing the playing the field she's a bit of a player she's a bit of a player she's kind of like getting all these different boys mm. from all over leading the shop kind on. of leading them on but that's yeah i don't think the film condemns her for that mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. or maybe it does because nothing good happens to her at all mm. i don't know mm. no she has a do you also like in both of like we were saying how they have um, Marie one strong and Marie girl two. friendships. Strong girl yeah, friendship. are at the she heart lives of in this like as a well. Convent with yeah. all her girls, and she's there are these lovely moments between whatever drama happens, where she's in bed with yeah. one of her friends, like kind like of telling her secrets of the day. And of I the don't different think she's usually telling the truth, but like no, maybe she, she is. It. Maybe she is telling mm. the truth. Maybe like while we suppose that she's upset, like. She's actually just having her fun a bit, you know, yeah. and that's what she reports yeah. her lady friends. Yeah, but it's nice that, again, like, there are so many, so many films, and, like, maybe this is more a recent thing and we don't realise, of just women and girls being pitted against each mm. other. And actually, mm. at the heart of these films is, like, supportive female friendships, which is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. And Foreman seems to represent also some literal feminist issues of the moment, mm. of, like, the fact that they were... They're working, working in a yeah, factory, yeah. in these factories. Yeah. Like, the men are off in the military. Like, yeah. they're struggling. They're, like... And that very real thing of there being a town where there just weren't any men. Men are in charge, yeah. though. Men are still, like, yeah. very much in charge. And they're being taught... They they have this, like, course that they attend. Yeah, on, which like, is, like, bizarrely being and... led by that fun, crazy, punky girl from the beginning scene. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, like, one of the co-leaders of it. Which is basically, like, this is the so way to behave. Oppressive. And then you'll get and a man. And was trying to say that. Like, mm. was trying to say this is oppressive. And men are shit. He's trying to say men are shit. Yeah. So I think they wins the feminist crown out of these two. Yeah. That's fair enough. Thank I'll take you. it. Thank you. Although he did say the thing about wanting to marry those ladies. Yeah, and although there is that dodgy thing of her being a little a little galley. But on the whole, I'm giving it a quite a big feminist rating. Considering when's it from? Nineteen sixty five? Yeah. Yeah. Not too shabby really. Go on, Foreman. Um Favourite scenes I wanted to, wanted to to bring the films together again. Yeah. Give me a favourite scene, one from each. Okay, what are we starting with? Daisies. Mm-hmm. Daisies, I think, is hard for me to come up with a favourite scene because there's so many little visual chunks that I just love. Um, but up there, although this is obvious choice, is the food fight scene. Just because it's really, like, fun to watch. Mm. 
Like I know it's like very climactic as well. Like they're so climactic. Massive room and like that that chandelier. So dramatic. And they do die. Like we didn't mention that. They get crushed by the chandelier. Do they? Yeah. I don't know. We just completely skipped that over. But do they come back alive? Yeah. That's when they come back in their freaky newspaper outfits. Mm. But anyway, that seems really really good fun. Um. Also, just like in terms of like a shot, I love the bit where they go down the stairs and they're matching like black and white outfits and they're just, it's like one of their first ventures out of their room mm. um, into the bar. It's really and exciting. I just love it. Um, I feel like that, that's a corona emotion. That's yeah, like, I literally I like li- <laughs> my outfit when I go to the shop. <laughs> what about you for daisies? Um, I like the scene where they go to the bar and there mm. are some dancers. Yeah, and like they're very watching 20s. them and they have these big bottles of beer. Marie, yeah, they two. sneak their own beers They've in. They've got their beers and they're getting steadily more drunk and they're watching this performance <laughs> and then as they like just get slaughtered, they become the performers yeah, essentially. Yeah, stealing and, like, all the attention. The dancers are watching them, the waiters are watching them, all the other customers they're are watching them. They're literally stealing wine off about, other tables. Yeah, they're, they're too drunk to leave. So silly, <laughs> um, and yeah, brings back brings back some good memes. Some good memes. Me. Yeah, so I thought that scene was great. Um, my favorite scene in Loves of a Blonde was that really rogue scene that I completely forgot about before I asked mm-hmm. myself this question. Where she's in a forest and oh there's my god, yeah, in the snow. Yeah, so Loves of Blondes in Back Might, just to, by the way. Um, <laughs> and it's this black and white forest with just these like skinny trunks. Yeah. And I think it's snowing, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like proper snow on the floor. It's like super mm-hmm. aesthetically and amazing. And she's got this tie, which actually reappears later in the yeah. film. And she's tied it around the tree, and the soldier comes up and is like, why have you done that? <laughs> what are you on? And like, I, I still, I don't know what she was doing. No. She was like making a tree her man. But at the same time, she's a bit like, lol, I'm so random. Look at me. <laughs> but she's uh, not really that. I know. She? But but anyway, it, it's quite, it doesn't necessarily fit with, with the rest of as the well, film. Which I thought was a sweet yeah. kind of flirt. It was really sweet. Ones. But it was definitely standout because it's the most like, I would say like, it, like most surreally experimenty shot in it. Because the most of, Loves of Blood is quite realistic and naturalistic. Mm-hmm. And that's the most, like, feels like you're put, being put in a different world. Again, it's quite dreamlike. The, another another commonality between the films of the Czechoslovak new wave is this, like, heavy presence of symbols that are just symbols. Like, yeah. you can definitely, like, try and write some. And we were really reading into it. so many of them, and then actually, I don't think we're supposed to. But that, so there's another film. Oh, which one? Say it and I'll remember. Closely watched trains. Mm. Um, Menzel, that's like one of the most if, um, famous. Oh yeah, if you're looking for more further, films, w- further viewing, yeah. Further watching. Closely watched trains is definitely up your street if you enjoyed either of these. Yeah. If you're interested in looking at more. There's also like freakier and more surreal options. We will. But we'll, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you some um, deeds. But closely watched trains is like heavy with just symbol, 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 symbol. But you and don't most of them are phallic symbols. Mm, oh my god, <laughs> all over the place. The daisies is just like one big yeah, phallic symbol. Yeah, true. And I feel like in Loves of a Blonde, that was a, a very like this is a symbol yeah. moment. Like yeah. the tie is like symbol, symbol. Yeah, you don't need to. Read you don't need to read it to it further. To be honest, it's just like scattering it. Probably my favorite scene. I'm trying to think. My favourite scene might have just been the opening where we played that song from. Mm. I just loved that. It was just 
especially as like at that point you don't know who that character is and like she doesn't actually end up being a protagonist it's just like a random slice of their mm-hmm. life and yeah I just really really liked it mm-hmm. I agree that's great so should we make some recommendations then yeah um these recommendations might be slightly blind because we haven't actually watched all of them but yeah. some interesting points to start are um so intimate lighting um 1965 yeah again one of the famu school attenders um made this and i think it's about like a town who come yeah. together and celebrate something song. And they all play it's all music about song and they all just some way. get drunk and it's said to it be a really nice really sweet yeah it's said to be a really nice counterpart to loves of a blonde mm. again so, like if you want to watch like, them together sad overall but like funny centrally and sweet and just about, like, community being brought together by, like, a piece of, like, music, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, big, big contrast if you want to watch something slightly more crazy, on surreal end. Scale. On the daisy scale. but, like, even more escalated, maybe. Um, the What's considered to be the last film of the Czechoslovak New Wave, um, which in, like, ended with the, like, kind of Soviet invasion, like, 1968-ish. Um, but this is 1970, so it's considered the last one. Valerie and her week of wonders. Um, it looks freaky. It's about this girl. Ooh, it's it very Wicker Man esque, like very like pagan freaky. Thirteen. Yeah, she's thirteen, and it's very much. It's looking at girlhood in a freaky way. Very much sexualizing. Sexualizing, but also crazy, and surreal, this, like, like fantasy visuals with mm. like these sharp teeth and like. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. It looks like beautiful and like very interesting in terms of like the rituals that it's like talking about. You know what? It almost reminded me of Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I get that. I get that with like Pan's a mishmash of that with Virgin with Suicides meets Wicker Man. Yeah, that's what that is. So, yep. So those are our main like extra recommendations, and we can try and find some links for those as well. Um, They're all available freely. I'm pretty sure. Because... Okay. Well, perfect. So I think that's that might be all, folks. That's all we got to say on this subject. We've come to the end of our first pod. How do you feel? I feel exhausted quite well. <laughs> Me too. Let's make some chilli. Let's make some chilli. Yeah. Um, and so our next episode, we're going to be doing a massive leap. To Senegal. Yeah, to Senegal. Um, what's our film called? Tuki Buki. Tuki Buki, which is... Get excited. We're not going to tell you anything. Okay, about. we're not going to tell you anything more. Just be prepared. Check it out on our Instagram. Yeah, follow our Insta. Some little warnings about it. Yeah. During the week. Two weeks. <laughs> Thank you to Vera Tietelamba. For making daisies. For making daisies. Thank you to Milos Foreman. For making loves of a blonde. Thank you to Saskia Cookson. For making me laugh. Oh, thank you to Maddie Butler for also cracking me up and making me chilly. Um, and thank you to the mysterious Mr. Poundshop for producing all of our great sound. There'll be more to come, mate. There'll, there'll be so many. We'll come up with a new segment for week for him to create a great future. <laughs> and also, thank you to you. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>